0: Welcome to the Calvary Assembly Podcast with weekly messages from Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening.
1: Your Bibles turn to Mark chapter 2. A couple of weeks ago here at Calvary, we started a message series called Risen. And we were just talking about the resurrection because how many of you know the resurrection is what makes the difference? If Jesus was in the grave, none of this would matter, right? But he's not. He's alive. He has risen. And so we are talking about the resurrection being the central point of all history. Uh, and so today I want to look at the difference Jesus makes in our lives. Now, how many of you have ever heard someone say, well, all roads lead to, G- or lead to the Lord? You ever heard that? All roads lead to heaven. All roads lead to God. Uh, People love to say stuff like that, especially at funerals. You know, they love saying, oh, grandma's looking down on us from a better place. And even if they have no history with God at all, they all want to think that. They all want to know that there's something beyond this life because it comforts us, right? We all want that. We all want to know that. Uh, And so it's funny, in our culture today, people are very pluralistic. You can talk about spirituality all day long and it doesn't cause issues, right? You can talk about God. You can talk about spirituality. But when you start talking about Jesus, people get nervous. (laughs) And the reason they do is because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And, you know, the funny thing is people love Jesus. They love the historical Jesus. No one is ever going to say, well, you know, I don't think Jesus ever lived because there's too much evidence. And people love his teaching, right? They love the, the love and the forgiveness but when you start saying that Jesus is the only way, people start saying, well, wait a minute. I don't, I don't like that because that offends me. But Jesus is totally different than any other God. And, you know, when you start talking to people from other religions, like when we went to India, people were fine with Jesus. They, we talked about Jesus and said, yeah, I'll add Jesus. I got a thousand other gods. I'll add them to it. And I'm not exaggerating. There were literally thousands of other gods, right? And we'll just add them to that. And if you talk to a Muslim, well, yeah, I believe Jesus was a good man. He was a prophet. He was a good teacher. But we believe that Jesus is different because Jesus is resurrected. That's right. He's different, yeah. right? It's not the same as all other gods. And so I, wanna, I heard a message several years ago by a guy named Craig Rochelle. He had this word that stuck in my, headset, my head. He said, I want us to consider Jesus. So that's what I want to do today. I love that line. I want to consider Jesus. I want to consider why Jesus is different from every other God in the universe. And so in Mark chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 13. If you have the Version Bible app on your phone, uh, it's, all the verses are on there as well and the points and all that good stuff. Mark chapter 2, this is one of my very favorite stories of Jesus because it shows his passion, right? In verse 13, it said, Jesus went out to the lake shore again and he taught the crowds that were coming to him. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting in his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said. So Levi got up and followed him. Now, what was Levi? A tax collector. Did anybody like tax collectors? Nobody but the Romans, right? (laughs) Everybody else hated tax collectors. So he said, hey, you're a non-popular person. Come follow me. So he did. So later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. Catch that? There were tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. Tax collectors weren't even in the same category as the other sinners. The other sinners didn't even want to associate with tax collectors, right? So this is such a great picture here because you got Jesus and his disciples, then you got tax collectors over here and other sinners over here. And where's Jesus? Right in the middle, right? Hanging out with everybody hanging out with people that nobody else wanted to talk to or even associate with. And so there were many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. Isn't that a great line? But when the teachers of religious law who were Pharisees saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he told them healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I've come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know that they're sinners. Guys, Jesus is totally different. Jesus loves everybody. Jesus loves people who think they're okay and those who know that they're not. And how many of you know if you're talking to somebody about Jesus, it's a lot easier to talk to somebody who knows they're not okay. The hardest people to reach are the ones who say, well, I'm a good person. I go to church every once in a while. I think about it. Those are the ones that are hardest to reach. But those who know that they're not okay are the easiest to talk to. And Jesus hangs out with all of them. So I want to consider Jesus today. Why is Jesus so different? Why does Jesus make such a big difference in our lives? Well, first thing I want to look at is the ministry of Jesus. Consider the ministry. And his associations prove that he was different. What do I mean by associations? The people he hung out with. Jesus was a rabbi. He was a teacher. He was one who went out and hung out with people and he got a following. People started to follow him. But Jesus' disciples weren't the normal ones because most Pharisees, most rabbis that taught had this crew that would come with them and say, hey, you come join me. But it was an exclusive group. But Jesus' associations were different because it said there are lots of those people who follow Jesus, right? He had a different crew that followed him. He brought people that nobody else wanted to be a part of. How many of you know we all need someone in our lives who's willing to tell us the truth, right? There's a story of uh, when the West was being won, you know, and all the the cowboys and the the forts were built out here in our territory. Well, there was this wild West fort. It was about to be attacked. There's a whole gang of Native Americans that were about to attack them because they were in their land. So they had the gate shut and the general had this one native who was a scout for him. He was the guy that would go ahead and find clues and all those things. So he called this guy and he said, hey, uh, we're about to be attacked. Can you kind of get an idea of what we're up against? So the scout comes and he puts his ear to the ground. and He said, well, there's about three or 400 Braves out there. About half of them are mounted uh, and they two leaders on a white horse and a black horse. And he said, that's insane. You can find that out by putting your ear to the ground? It's like, no, I can see under the, the door here, under the gate. We all know those people who can kind of tell us things that we need to hear, right? That's what Jesus did. He hung around people who knew they weren't okay. And guys, how many of us were among those people at one point? We all came to that point. Where we said, I'm not okay. I need you to do something in my life, Jesus. I want to be different. I want to be different than I was. And these disreputable sinners and these tax collectors are people that nobody else wanted. I did some studying. i like, why were tax collectors so hated? And it's funny, even Jesus uses them in some of his teaching in Matthew 18. He said, if a person still refuses to listen, take the case to the church. If they won't accept the church's decision, treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. (laughs) Treat them like you would treat these people. In Matthew chapter 5, it said, if you love even those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. So Jesus knew how bad these people were, how bad they were hated, because, you see, they weren't for the Romans They went and collected taxes for the Romans who were occupying Israel, who were the ones who were in charge of them, and the Israelites hated it. The Israelites hated this. And so these guys worked for the the people that were oppressing them. And also they were really well off because they would come collect your taxes and they would add a little bit to it, and they would keep the add-on for themselves. So not only were they traitors, they were also corrupt, and they were getting rich at your expense. And so these are the ones that Jesus said, I'm willing to even hang out with you. If Jesus was looking out for his reputation, he wouldn't have let those kind of people follow him. But he doesn't worry about that because he loved them just like he loves each and every one of us. And then his miracles. His miracles proved that he was different. Jesus did tons of different miracles that proved that he was different. And his miracles weren't just, hey, look at me. They were to meet needs. Jesus raised people from the dead. Jesus fed people who were hungry. He healed diseases. He went to the ones that nobody else would go to. And guys, that's the Jesus that we serve, and that's what he's asking us to do, to go to those who need him. And how many of you know Jesus is still doing miracles today? We say that. Do we really believe it? Do we believe that he is still working? Well, I was trying to, I was getting ready for this message, and this one couple kept coming back to mind. We have a miracle sitting here in our midst. Did you know that? Well, we got several of them. All of us are, right? But Vince and Jen Labert, have been coming to church here for a couple years, but they had God do something incredible in their lives. A few years ago, you may not have known it. I don't think a lot of people did, but they were actually getting ready to get a divorce. Their marriage was at the point that they felt like they couldn't go on. And they came and they asked God to do something in their marriage and God completely healed their relationship. I mean, it's, and it's to the point now that they are doing ministry to other couples. So I called them up and I said, hey, would you be willing to share just a little bit of your story and like, yeah, we can do that. So I've got a little short video here. We've never done this, so please forgive the production. that's all my bad. whatever doesn't look good. But they share just a little bit of their story. I want to share this with you.
2: out of it, and uh, ended up to where we were kind of looking to go separate ways, Uh, and couldn't find a good solution, and it got to just uh, one day, to me, uh, I didn't want to go that direction, and uh, God hit me one day. I never really didn't really know how to pray or knew what that was but um, he just talked to me and had a conversation and had one with her and from that day forward uh, we started to rebuild but didn't feel like we were on our own and you always know that you have each other we, when we have a valley, we're not thinking about uh, doing it apart. Um, we have Jesus, and we have uh, us together in whatever valley that is, and it gets us back up the hill, and we know it's not that far away. Mm-hmm. And that has made a huge difference in our lives, uh, it's changed the, really the genealogy of my family, where, as we really weren't spiritual whatsoever. And uh, and now we have that positive influence on our kids, and and you can see it even on the younger kids uh, versus the older ones. Uh, just different influences in their lives. Being part of the family, uh, church family here, has made a huge difference in their lives.
0: Um, we just noticed that the kids are more likely to first thing they do is just go to they pray, and you know, and at night when. It's time to go to bed. They're like, don't forget, we gotta pray, and it's it's like we're not gonna forget. But um, I think they also see the the impact on their lives is, you know, they've never seen a father, and I've never seen a father who will lay his hands on you or me, and like, of my kids or or me, and pray over me, and that's never happened before, and I mean, I've never witnessed that. Um, and so that has been huge and, and so just knowing that our change in our lives has impacted them to the point where they know the first person to go to is God. I have clients that just they share with me and they will call me or text me and ask me to pray with them and and it's usually about marriages and, um, and I didn't know that that's where God was going to lead me was to help in that area and to be able to share my own story which is scary um, but being able to share my story with them has helped them to open up and, you know, um, just meeting new friends and being able to do things with, with them and just having those relationships and helping them through their struggles. In turn, it helps us too.
2: For a long time, the first 20 years. Um. Yep. So
1: how amazing is it that God can work in your life and then in turn use you to work in someone else's life? So I appreciate these guys sharing their story. That was, if you ever want to talk to them about it, I'm sure they'll share more. That was about this much of what God's been doing in their lives. But guys, that's the thing I want to share is Jesus is different and his miracles are still at work today. It doesn't matter where you're at in your marriage and your relationship. It doesn't matter where you're at in your career. God wants to work in you because he's different and he wants to work in us in different ways. And then his disciples also proved that Jesus was different. Jesus didn't create this little club of perfect people. He brought in the imperfect. And aren't you glad for that? Because he's got room for us in our imperfections and our problems. So guys, if you're here today, I don't know where you're at in your walk with Jesus or if you even have a walk with Jesus, but he wants to work in you today. He wants to give you hope. That's what Easter is about. It's about having hope. Having hope beyond what we can do or figure out on our own. So we consider the ministry of Jesus, but then we also consider the resurrection. Jesus rose from the dead, but that cross that he bore shows grace. That cross is for grace. Jesus was born a virgin. He lived a sinless life, and he died so that we could have forgiveness. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sins, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. And so, and when Jesus died, the people there understood that there was something different. Because when Jesus died, there was an earthquake, and the veil in the temple that separated God from his people was torn in half. And even graves opened up, and and Matthew says that godly people got out of the graves and started walking around talking to people. That's different, right? That would freak people out today, wouldn't it? Oh, you know, I do a lot of funerals, and I've always been like, man, how cool would it be for God just to raise somebody from the dead at a funeral? That would be like the greatest day ever, wouldn't it? Just sit up, hey, I'm back. Like, that would be amazing. I actually do pray that a lot. Like, Lord, that would be so cool if you would just, you know. Um, So one of these days. But the cross shows grace, but the empty tomb shows His power. In 1 Corinthians 15, 56, it said, Sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thanks God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. So guys, we don't have to be afraid of death anymore because he has shown power over the tomb. And the Bible says that one of these days after we die, we're going to be raised with him. When he comes back, we have eternity in heaven to look forward to because of his grace. But here's the biggest thing today, guys. The resurrection affects change. The resurrected Jesus brings change in our lives. That's what Vince and Jen showed. When they started a relationship with Jesus and started digging in, he started healing their marriage and he started healing their family. And guys, all of us that have a relationship with Christ have seen him do that. You know, Peter, the apostle Peter that followed Jesus around, he was kind of a big mouth guy, right? If you read the stories, he was always the first to speak up. He was like, You know, people didn't accept Jesus in one of the towns. He's like, let's call down fire and just smoke them all out. You know, all those things. And he said, I'll never, never deny you. And Jesus said, yeah, actually you will. You're going to die me three times tonight. And he did. And after that, after Jesus died, Peter went back to fishing. He went back to what he knew. But then when he met Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, something changed in Peter. And he started telling people about him. And after the day of Pentecost, when Jesus ascended back into heaven, Peter got up and preached to thousands of people, right? The same guy who wouldn't even talk to a little girl preached in front of thousands. He became one of the leaders in the early church. God changed Peter through the resurrection power and the power of the Holy Spirit. Thomas, remember Thomas the doubter we talked about a couple weeks ago? He said, I'm not going to believe Jesus is risen until I can actually put my hands in there and see him. And he did. Thomas became one of the first missionaries. Thomas went all the way down into southern India. I've actually been to his tomb where he was at in the very southern part of India. He became a missionary. The guy who wouldn't even believe that Jesus rose from the dead became one of the very first people to go as far as he could find and tell people about the gospel. And he died there. He was martyred there. Guys, there are millions of people around the world today celebrating Easter all over the world because of the resurrected Jesus, because of what he's done in their lives and in our lives. And he wants to do that in your life. And then last, we need to consider the message. What makes Jesus different? His message of grace. Instead of a message of law and punishment, Jesus gives a message of grace. And what is grace? It's something that we don't deserve, it's favor that we don't deserve. And guys, if you had known me before I met Jesus, I was a horrible person. I, really, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I was terrible. I was a punk, and my my parents didn't know it because I hid it really well. Uh, After I got married, I told my mom, son, the stuff I'd done. She's like, you what? You did that in my house? Yep. Um, But I'm different. (laughs) So grace, right? When I go back home and I tell my friends, like, hey, what are you doing nowadays? I'm a pastor. And they're like, you're a what? What kind of church does you pastor? Well, I'm different. Jesus made a difference in me. It's kind of fun. There was a guy who went to see his doctor one morning. And the doctor comes in, he's like, what's your problem? He said, somebody graffitied my house last night. And the doctor said, why in the world are you telling me? He said, because I can't read the writing. I figured it had to be you. <laughs> so there was no grace there, right? But Jesus gives us grace. In Romans chapter 3, verse 22, Paul says, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. This is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. You know, in most religions, most other religions say, you've got to be good enough. If you talk to people that, that follow different gods, I say, I hope my good outweighs my bad, right? I hope I can be good enough. Jesus says you can't be good enough. You don't have to be good enough. That's why I died for you. So guys, I don't know where you're at today in your relationship with God. And you may be sitting there saying, I, I know that I'm not right with him because I know I'm not good enough. Today's the day because Jesus gives that grace. So instead of a message of law, it's a message of grace. Instead of a message of religion, it's a message of relationship. Guys, Jesus wants to be our friend. And that's an amazing thing, isn't it? Look at what he says in John chapter 15. It'll be up here on the screen. It says, you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. You are now my friends since I've told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. Jesus wants to call us friends because, guys, he chose us. Earlier when I was talking about his disciples, the crew that followed him around, Jesus picked the weirdest people to be his disciples, the ones that nobody else would take, tax collectors, other sinners, people that nobody else wanted, fishermen. You know what fishermen smell like? Fish. It's not a great smell, right? He chose those people to show that he loves everybody. You know who the very first people were to hear about Jesus' birth? Shepherds. Again, people that nobody else would take. And guys, Jesus came and chose each and every one of us. He knew you before you were born. He loves you right where you're at. He wants you to be his follower. He wants you to be his friend. And instead of a message of sorrow, guys, it's a message of hope. I love this line. When the ladies went to the tomb... On Resurrection morning, in Luke chapter 24, verses five and six, it says, the women saw the empty tomb and they were terrified, and an angel shows up. They were terrified, they bowed with their faces to the ground, and the men asked, "Why are you looking among the dead for someone who's alive? He isn't here. He has risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee. He said he was going to rise, right? He has risen. And guys, that's what we celebrate today, that we're not coming to a church. We're not coming to an empty tomb. We're coming to celebrate a God who's alive. So if you're physically able this morning, would you stand this morning? I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. So, guys, today we serve a God who is alive. We serve a Jesus who is different, who is still working today, working miracles in lives, in marriages, in families. We serve a God who is alive and active and moving. Now, none of us are perfect, right? None of us have arrived. And so we're all working on this thing. But I want to invite you today into a relationship with this God who came to this earth, who died for us and chose each and every one of us. So would you close your eyes with me this morning? Just kind of shut yourself in with the Lord. Those of you at home watching online, if you would just kind of take a moment, close yourself in. Jesus, we thank you this morning that we serve a God who is alive. We serve a God who is different than every other God. We serve a God who is alive and moving in our lives. And Jesus, right now, I ask that you would speak to our hearts today. Lord, if there are any of us here who, to be honest, aren't in a relationship with you, Lord, would you speak to our hearts today and help us to make that right today before we leave? Lord, if there are any of us who are here today and we're feeling alone, we're feeling forgotten, and we need hope, Lord, would you speak hope to our lives as well today? With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you say, no, I've been talking about this Jesus and if I was to be really honest, I don't have a relationship with him. Maybe I never have, or maybe at one point I did, but I've walked away from that. And if I was to be really honest, I'd say I'm pretty far away from him. But I wanna make that right today. I wanna ask him to forgive my sins and start a relationship today. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up right where you're at. I wanna pray with you right where you are. I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me, to pray with those who raise their hands. And this is not a magic thing. This is just you talking to Jesus, honestly, right where you're at. Would you guys all repeat this with me? Dear Jesus, thank you so much for loving me. Thank you for coming to this earth and dying in my place. And I admit, that I've sinned, I've made mistakes, please forgive me. Please come into my life and make me new. Help me to live for you every single day. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, the Bible says if you prayed that prayer, you are a brand new person. It said that all the old stuff is gone and you are brand new. You are forgiven.